local bar podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, looking right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the local bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you've decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we are incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, everywhere you get your good and your bad podcast. Found out we are still on Audible. I did no idea. You can look us up on Audible if you listen to audiobooks or podcasts that way. You can find us there. Quick word about that. Wherever you get your shows. I know not everybody likes to spend time writing a comment. I completely understand that. But even leaving a rating helps out, and it helps with our search. We're seeing a lot of – there's a lot of growth in our new show, Welding a Family. Uh, Maria and I brought that back show – we revived that show from the ashes, and um, we've been enjoying doing that. So I've noticed that a lot of people have helped rate those on different platforms – don't forget about your old standard here. Ever since 2015, rocking the airwaves. I used to have a there used to, I used to have a saying I would throw in when I'd say something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, helps out a lot whenever you do that. Uh, you can email the show anytime you like. Chat at localbarmedia.com. Check out our website localbarmedia.com, which we are building up and doing more and more with every single day. And there is a spot for an email list. Over the next month, something's going to start up there. I'm not really ready to announce that yet, but just keep your eyes on that. Uh, one, a, a couple a couple of announcements uh, to make at the top of the show. Maria and I went to the Shaky Knees Festival uh, a couple weekends ago. And our friend's mom rock was there. And I missed them. Was not able to catch their show due to other jobs, and we couldn't get over to Atlanta in time to see them. Our friends that were there said they were incredible. Um, and so if you're out anywhere and you see Mom Rock playing in your area, I'm sure we'll promote some more of their stuff. They're, they're great folks, and they, they get such good music. Um, so we'll, we'll be able to promote them. want to say a thank you to the folks that have been to a couple of the Don Merkel events. Don does all the music for our show and um, he had an event at Foxfield. I was able to catch up with him last weekend. That was really cool. He's got some new stuff coming out, um, and I can't wait for you to hear. I, I heard quite a bit of it the other night, some things I hadn't heard yet, but what I do have my hands on, I really like. So uh, check it out, DonMerkel.com, uh, and whenever he's got some things coming up, we'll be sure to promote it here. But thank you all for going out and supporting Uh, the people that are on the show and the people that help with this show. I've noticed, I've seen a lot of people at comedy events lately. Uh, The comedy in Columbia has been, uh, they've been pretty active. There's a lot, as a matter of fact, there's a show that I'm missing tonight, not too far from me. Uh, There's been a lot of shows going on. So thank you that are in the Columbia area. Thank all of you for, for going and supporting their shows. I've had some really good conversation, but uh, man, the words Still are not coming. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what it is. It's allergies. It's allergies. There's something that happens when my when the allergies hit me in the spring. My brain goes a tick slower. I haven't had that. Drop to drink today. 
Haven't had a drop to drink in a few days. Oh, speaking of drops to drink, if you're looking for a good place, I knew there was one announcement I was forgetting. If you're looking for a place to go grab a drink Sunday night, you know, this coming Sunday, kids are getting ready for school, but it's that time of year where they really don't have to do anything. So if you wanted to slip away or if one parent wanted to slip away, you wanted to hear some really good tunes, my band, The Accused, will be playing at the Art Bar Sunday. Sunday night, we'll start at 8 o'clock. Not too late. We're only playing for about an hour and a half or so. Richard and the Twins going on right after us. Want to see your boy? Come by, check me out at the Art Bar. 8 o'clock this Sunday. Love to see you if you're there. Make sure you say hello. Um, I've had some really good conversations with some folks lately. Uh, we've got some exciting interviews lined up. Uh, have a couple other comedians that are up and coming that I'm really excited about bringing. Got a big musical guest finally nailed down that's going to be here within the next few weeks. Really excited about that and a whole host of other things. I'm scrapping all that today. We uh, did a welding a family show, um, and I've done a couple of local bars. And if the, if you're new to this show, uh, one of the things that happens, uh, there's two things that can cause a show to pause for me. One is scheduling. When you do interview shows, it's tough. Sometimes people's schedules just don't work. And the other part of that is if I feel like the show's not good, I just don't put it out there. I don't ever want to put out a show that uh, I, I don't feel warrants your time. As a matter of fact, there is a little local bar trivia. Uh, you can count the shows. There is one missing. I, I put one out for a few days, and then I turned around and scrapped it. I still have it, but it it just wasn't that great. I know, you listen to some of them, you're like, really? You scrapped one? The very first show I ever did um, was back in 2015. Uh, a little backstory, if you've never heard it. I had had the desire, I'd, I'd piddled around with shows before. Uh, I did actually have a show a long time ago, The Modern Day Cowboy. It was a uh, football, NFL football show. And uh, short-lived, short-lived, wasn't around. And then I, I took about, I don't know, like four or five years away from it. Uh, had a, a lot of life-changing events going on. And when I was going through uh, my divorce, I decided I wanted to get back into podcasting. So I bought an awesome microphone that I still use to this day. Same mic. Uh, I bought a mixer, had a computer, bought a monitor, and even bought this really cool table that I'm looking at, which is not officially part of the local bar anymore, but it's standing right here within arm's length that I usually put a extra mouse or a drink on top of. And it sat there in my room, and I sat and looked at it for the longest time, trying to figure out, hey, I want to do a show, but what do I want it to be about? And I probably bought all that, I think, sometime in the spring, and I did not record this show until October. It was October that I finally reached out to someone. And now, the way the show was originally going to be, it's the, my, my first iteration that I had in my mind was it was going to be a video show. For those of you that are really into that kind of stuff, it was going to be a single camera, still single camera, uh, with two of us talking for effect. The idea 
was going to be, I, I know all these people on my Facebook page that I've kept up with, kept up with in air quotes, through the years, but I don't really know a lot about them anymore, where they are. And even though we keep up with each other's A-reel on Facebook, I don't really know what's going on with them. So I would pick someone randomly. At the time, I had a job where I was traveling all around the state. And I was like, I'll just stop by and I'll show what it's like for people to catch up beyond what Facebook shows them. Now, this ended up being problematic for a couple of reasons. Number one, I needed a really good camera. Number two, I needed video editing skills. Number three, I needed a podcasting host that would host videos. Uh, number four, I had to understand what the hell I was doing, which I didn't. And if you think getting audio interviews is tough, man, anytime somebody thinks I'm doing a, a, a video one, it completely changes. Like, I bet you I wouldn't have two-thirds of the shows that I have now if people had to do video. It just, you know, people want to get prepared. They want it edited. There's a lot that goes into it. And the little bit of feelers I put out there, it just didn't seem like it was going to go well. But the first person I had was a guy that I came across on my Facebook page, Scott Kelly. And is a, is a guy I knew from, like, middle school, my first year of high school, and then I moved away from where he lived. Um, if, if you, by the way, just, I don't know if you know this or not. If you go to Spotify or iTunes or iHeart, they only show the, the last 100 episodes. However, if you go to Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, and look up the local bar media page, uh, it, they have every single episode. I, I need to, I need to promote that a little bit more. I've got some people that, um, I want to do some uh, circling back around with just to kind of catch up with them now that it's been so many years. And uh, it'd be nice to kind of uh, harken back to their shows if I could for some folks. But Scott uh, Kelly was the first guy I had on the show. Called him up. We had a little bit of scheduling conflict because if you listen to the show, Scott uh, is a uh, he was a professor at the time at a local college, but he was also an extra in movies and he did a lot in Atlanta and he lives about four hours away from Atlanta. I caught him in his car while he's driving in the rain. <laughs> the audio was terrible. It was less about him and more about my inability to put together a good show and uh and we did a show, and it was about two guys catching up, the stuff that he does now, and it really got the show going in a way that I don't think I really understood that I wanted to take it. And I owe Scott a lot for being the first one to jump out and do that. It was from there that the next few episodes came from wildly different directions, and the show took off. And I've been bringing you uh, interviews with people that are interesting and have positive stories to share now since uh, October of 2015. And it's hard to believe that this show is this old. You would think I'd have more episodes out. But as I said at the beginning of the show, don't want to waste your time. Last Friday, the Friday before Mother's Day, Scott's nephew 
uh, was driving in uh, some pretty heavy traffic on 95. If you live anywhere on the eastern seaboard, you'll know that 95 is just a crazy highway that we all deal with whether we like it or not. Scott's uh, nephew had just recently been pinned to be a, a fireman. His father, Chad Kelly, uh, is a guy that I obviously knew from high school as well. Chad was, uh, I believe Chad's a year older than me. Uh, and so in high school, we were in the same youth group together. I seemed to to hang out with with Scott a little bit more, but but Chad was always around. I remember when their family moved from Ohio to, to Florence and joined uh, that special youth group that we had there. But I lost touch with all of them when I moved, hence the, the podcast I had with, with, with Scott. Chad has been a fireman and a wonderful civil servant uh, in the Charleston area. I believe, maybe, I think he served in Ohio, too. I can't remember. Uh, but he's been someone who has been very important, obviously, in his community. And his son wanted to join him in those ranks. So he did. And it wasn't that long ago that he got pinned as a fireman and was riding trucks and ready to uh, save other people's lives, giving his life to do that. And uh, I think that's a, it's a very special thing, and I'm very appreciative of that. Like I said, on Friday, uh, Chad's son, Scott's nephew, was driving on his motorcycle, uh, heading back to Florence, I believe, and uh, there was a horrible accident, and he was killed. Two days before Mother's Day. Not that there's ever a good day. That's a hard one. I don't know about you. But as I get older, I find that loss is something that is more frequent than I thought it would be. And what I mean by older is I'm in my 40s. But even in my 30s, it was apparent. It wasn't uh, as a few years ago, I did a show about this guy, uh, an old gentleman, Finn. Uh, he, he would hang out at the Cock and Bull Pub, one of the greatest bars in all of the land, nestled right here in Rosewood, on Rosewood Drive, if you're ever in the Columbia area. Stop by the Cock and Bull, tell him I said I sent you. It, it won't get you anything, but just tell him I did. Uh, might get me a free beer next time I get in there. There's a guy, Finn, who was always there. He's an old dude. He could have been 70. He could have been 105. I have no idea. And uh, he was an interesting man, very brilliant guy who would talk to you about anything and lecture you on everything. He's great. He was fun. And I did a show uh, uh, when he passed, and I did it, oddly enough, with a dog. As a matter of fact, it's Don Merkel's dog. And I talked a little bit about uh, the day I spent with Don's dog, Hilton, when I found out that Finn died. And what I kind of learned from walking that old dog around the, the neighborhood. This is a cute episode. I enjoyed doing it. Hilton has since passed. It wasn't long ago. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Maybe a year. I don't know. It's, time just flies by. 
Hilton was an incredible dog. It meant a lot to not only its owners, but to other people. Whether it's dogs or whether it's it's jobs or the worst family members and the absolute worst are children, loss is something that's just around. I don't mean to, to put it all on the same level. It's not. A guy that worked in hospice uh, for over 13 years wouldn't dare do that. I can tell you that when someone that passes away young, it's a tragedy. When they pass away when they're 90, as much as we see it and feel it as tragic, it's not. Uh, nor should we see it that way. Let, let, let me Let me, before we move any further, I want to make something abundantly clear. Death is just as normal as birth. As a matter of fact, from the moment you were born, the only thing you are guaranteed, the only thing, no matter where you are, how you grow up, who you're born to, the only thing that you're guaranteed is that you are going to die, is the only thing that you have in this life that's a guarantee. People are born every day. People die every day. Just as sure as we are born, there is a day we will not be here. There is a day sometime in the future, hopefully far off, where everyone listening to this show will not exist on this plane anymore. It's just the way it is. But we as people look at death as if, it's unnatural. We don't like it. There's a couple of reasons why, and, and a lot of it has to do with timing. A lot of it has to do with control. Um, a, a lot of it has to do with age, sure. But I, I'm speaking when I look at people like Chad and Scott and their family and their loss they're having right now, th- That that is... That is the reason why we feel it's unnatural because the timeliness of someone's death and the reasons for it. A tragedy, a true tragedy, an accident where someone who is young, who has no business dying, dies. Easier way to put it, you die of natural causes, I get it. You die from an accident, that's a tragedy. I had two cousins that are no longer with me, two that I really um, loved very much, two that were younger than me. And then the second oldest cousin, the uh, second oldest of all the grandchildren on one side of the family, I'm the oldest uh, on the other. And uh, we've got a lot of grandkids in our family, but still. My cousin Carl, I've talked about him before, died when he was 20, I believe it's, it's 20, 21, 20. Uh, he was at Walford College, Walford College up in Spartanburg, died of a heart attack. Uh, my cousin Paige uh, died over a year and a half ago. Um, complications and some stuff that we're still not exactly sure about. Uh, she was 30. Losing someone... is one of the worst things that can happen to you. I've watched people, I haven't dealt with this, but I've watched people that are close to me lose children. I don't 
I don't I don't really know how you deal with that one. When I was working in hospice, I, I, I could help people with parents, siblings even, close friends, family friends, people that have been around for forever. But when parents lost their kids, it's just different. Adult kids are one thing, but man, I don't really count I don't really count kids as being adult kids until you hit like an age that it would seem you could die of natural causes. I don't see myself being the quote unquote adult child of my parents until I hit 70. I, it just that's just that's a me thing. It's in my mind. I can't imagine that. I can't. I can um, empathize. I can pray for them. I can be there for them. I can reach out to them. I can feel sorry for them. I can look for answers with them, all that stuff, but I, 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 I can't feel it and I can't understand it. And I hope to God I never do. I hope you don't either. And if you have... I hate it. I hate that. I'm very well aware, if we take this a few steps back, I'm very aware of the pain that people feel when they lose something. We'll take a step back from talking about kids. We can talk about the other things, uh, and we'll work our way down to what I was referring to at the beginning with with pets. Um, there, there are ways down, although we love them. They're a little ways down here, but losing uh, siblings, losing parents. Sometimes it makes sense, especially if they're natural causes, but it doesn't make it easy, especially if there are people that that were uh, structurally a, a major part of our life. But sometimes that that structure that they are isn't always built on the most solid ground. And even if you didn't have a very good relationship with your parents when you lost them, I've seen people really struggle with that. That's hard. A few more steps back. Uh, losing family friends that were idyllic to you. Uh, losing, um, uh, losing someone that uh, was a... Um, a very important part of your family's upbringing, maybe not even to you directly all the time. Losing people like that is is tough. Losing friends, losing pets, all that stuff. Anytime someone is not here anymore and there's no way to see them ever again, that stuff hurts. And it sticks with us. And it shapes us in our thoughts and our feelings and how we act and interact with other folks in every situation for the rest of our life. It will be something that triggers somewhere in your brain some certain response. And a lot of times you'll be surprised if you even do notice it, how it has changed you. Losing someone is never easy and honestly it's never really over it's 
some losses don't seem fair. Other ones that 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 I'm so other than other than people dying. Those we can we can sit down and talk all the time. Younger folks again. This death that I was talking about at the top of the show. I'm sure you've thought of a lot of them. Uh, people that didn't, what we say, quote unquote, deserve to die. The accidents that happen. But there's other types of loss that bother us that we we think are unfair and it's very hard to deal with. People that go missing. And I'm not talking about people that are kidnapped, although that tragedy it warrants a whole other discussion. You know those people that were drug users that you haven't heard from in a while. People that you lost touch with years ago that were always a little off. Maybe that friend that you had a close relationship with, but something. There's something, whether it was substantive or something that just wasn't going right and some demon got a hold of them and they're gone and they're somewhere else. That feeling of of it being unfair is tough to deal with because you see that demon is around every corner to you. I know a lot of people that deal with stuff like that. When someone, you know, has been taken from you in some way, but they still walk the planet. That's a weird one. You know that whatever that relationship is can't be mended. No matter what, you know, some movie producer might tell you that they could create some perfect story where you get back together and Nicholas Sparks wrote about it. I I don't know. Those are weird and they're tough and they're hard to deal with as well. They 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 impinge upon you in a way and and they just like people dealing with other types of loss of people that are no longer with us will cause you to make decisions, will cause those same things to go off in your brain that elicits a response that if you were really paying attention might even surprise you some days. Now, why am I saying all this? Well, it's a rainy day, and I just felt like we've been way too positive on the show lately. No, that's not it. It's because I have something that I want to tell all of you. It's what I'd want to tell Chad. It's what I'd want to tell Scott. That's what I want to tell their family. It's the same thing I told my Aunt Lisa and my Uncle Wiley. What I told Delois and, and Willie. What I told all of our families when we were dealing with that stuff. What I told my wife when she had a friend that passed away way too young. Multiple friends. <laughs> oh, poor thing. That it passed away too young. People who the ugliness of suicide has come in and unfairly taken something from them that they now don't even have the opportunity to fix 
And there's a vile feeling that exists with that. It's the same thing I tell families all the time. They're dealing with the loss of someone. It's the only thing. It's the only thing I can say. It's quite frankly the only thing I should say. And it's the thing that I wish if you are someone who is going through a recent loss or you've been through one before and it still affects you today and it still gets to you, whether it's just a couple of times a year or whether it's in every single interaction you have with people, whether it's a loved one that you've lost touch with, whether it's a that special family pet that was yours, man, that was yours and, and you had that connection with. No matter what level you've lost something for, I've got something to say to all of you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened to you. I mean that. I mean that. You take a look at what that phrase means, I'm sorry, and I I am. And I'm sorry because I know there's nothing you can do. And I'm sorry because I know there's nothing I can do. I'm sorry because I know there's nothing that they can do. And if there are people that are out there still walking, I know they won't do. I'm sorry that this has happened to you in your life. And I'm sorry that you'll live with it for the rest of your life. I know that everything that I'm telling you right now is 100% factual, and I hate it, and I am sorry for that. When I say I'm sorry, I'm telling you I wish it could be different, but we know we're talking about something that just won't be. I don't really know what to say to people at funerals. I mean, I've been to a lot of them. I don't really know if there's anything. I've watched my dad preach funerals all the time. And I will tell you, and this is no disrespect to my dad. I mean this to every single preacher that I've ever seen at any funeral. It's almost like every time I see them talking, I just think, why are you talking? Like, really, like, why? You're talking because the people that aren't the family are getting something out of this. Because I'm going to tell you right now, family's not getting a damn thing out of this. Oh, my dad has preached a, a couple of times at funerals that really were outstanding. When he had to bury his best friend in the church that the two of them built, Traveler's Rest, uh, at Ralph McCann's funeral, it was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen my dad do. When my dad gave the eulogy at his own mother's funeral, it was impressive. It was extremely well done. I don't re- really remember most of it. I was too affected by it, but I can tell you that I, I do remember the feeling I got when I left, so sure. And then at my other grandmother's funeral, it was it was very well done. But that's it. 
And I've seen that man preach a lot of funerals, man. I think I think sometimes we look for things to make us feel better. And there's a lot of things we can read. There's a lot of therapists we can talk to. And all that's good. All, all that is very good. And we should do that. And you should do that. You should spend time uh, processing. And if it's been too long, trust me. I don't care if it's been two decades. It's never too late to start. I promise you. Just take my word for it. But... I think sometimes we forget that that silence is the thing we need as well. Sometimes we just need to sit back and not hear anybody's advice on anything. Sometimes we just need to let life happen for a while. I was thinking today about a friend of mine. I, 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 I've talked before about my friend Britt, who uh, who died from the extremely bizarre lightning strike. He and his family were on the beach. It was a sunny day. There was a cloud way off in the distance. Somehow a lightning bolt came from incredibly far away, struck him while he was sitting or standing in the water, holding his wife's hand. It, it affected her, but she made a full recovery. Uh, he He passed. I saw where she is now building a new house. She and her kids are going to baseball games just like they always used to love to. And I'm sure there have been some tears at night, but they are they are moving along. But I'm reminded uh, of, of the show that I watched not long ago. I, I don't know if you've seen The Last of Us. I hate zombie stuff. Zombie stuff drives me crazy. We've had too many zombies for too long. We've got to come up with other mods. It's just getting ridiculous. But the way The Last of Us did it, and they won me over. That was a good one. That's a great show. If you haven't seen it, I hate to ruin this for you, but you've had your time to check it out. There's a moment where the main male character, who is an older guy, probably about my age, who lost a daughter to something uh, 20 years before, is walking with a young girl that he has had to protect that he did not like, but he has learned to love in a way uh, because she has not taken the place of his child, but taking the place as a child in his life. And there's something where she looks at him and says that, you know, it's, I guess it looks like that time actually does heal all wounds. And he looks her straight in the eyes and said, time didn't do it. I don't think I don't think my friend Kristen, who is dealing still to this day, I'm sure, with the loss of her husband, uh, thinks that there's a time. There's a time that it'll stop. My uncle Wiley, the the uncle that uh, of my first cousin that died when he was when he was 20, my uncle Wiley thought about him every single day. My uncle Wiley died uh, of COVID a couple years ago, and I can tell you to a man that he lived every day of his life the way that God wanted him to for the sheer fact that he wanted to make sure that he could see his son again. I know, I know that's true. And I'm going to tell you that man did it. He did it. But the, the time that went by didn't heal it. His desire 
to do what he could do every single day was just as hot as the day after Carl's funeral. Time, time isn't going to make things better. That's a lie. I don't know that things ever fully heal. I think our loved ones would want them to. And I say that as a guy that I will tell you, I've had lots of talks with people on their deathbed. A lot of talks. That's a common theme. They want their loved ones to to keep going. They know they did. They know somebody else will. And, and I'll tell you another thing that most of them get, and I hear most of them say this. They know that you'll be here one day too. You'll want the same thing. But it's hard when we don't get a chance to say goodbye. That's the worst. People used to ask me that all the time. Chad, what is what is the, the best way if somebody was going to die? Someone who dies really quickly, and so the, the, it's kind of the Band-Aid being ripped off, the pain is just there and you deal with it, or someone who dies uh, slowly and you have time to say goodbye and all that kind of stuff. I'll tell you my thoughts on it. It goes like this. Number one, you never want to see pain and suffering, so whichever way it goes, that's the number one thing you, you want to make sure. Number two, there's never enough time. I don't care how much time there is. It's never enough. There's never enough. Wherever you are, if you've lost someone, if you've lost anything, some advice from a guy who spent 13 years working in hospice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it's happened to you. I hope you don't experience anything like that again. And if it's the loss of a child, I, I don't know how you could ever experience anything worse. And I'm just so sorry that it's happened to you. I want you to know that your loved ones, if you could talk to them, they, they want you to heal, but they understand that you won't. And that's that's okay. It's, it's quite all right. You need to know that you are going to go through periods and you're going to go through moments uh, of your life, whether it's seasonal or, or in, in, in an interaction, where you're going to struggle. When you're going to say something or think something that in that moment you'll think that you shouldn't. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to trip up more than a guy doing a podcast through his words. You're going to have that time. It's going to be there. It's okay. The biggest thing about loss is you can't let it be something that causes you to keep losing. There is a time where you do have to move. I did not say move on. But there is a time that you have to move. One foot in front of the other. You have to get back to living your life. If you want to get back to living your life for what you've lost, that person you've lost, it's understandable. But you have to move and you have to get going. But that, that time might be a little while in the future. Don't wallow in it too long. But don't rush it. And there are people out there way more experienced than I am that can help you get there. Number two, acknowledge your loss. Understand that as uh, holidays come up, you'll see the empty chair. Mother, <sighs> Mother's Day. 
Acknowledge that chair is empty. Don't pretend like it's not there. Don't be afraid for somebody to ride with you. Let them be there for a little bit. If there are some days it seems like they're not there, that's okay. They come back, it's all right. But just understand that this is part of the human process. When we lose something, we never really lose it. It's always with us one way or another. It sticks to us, and it can be that can be bad, but it doesn't always have to be. My grandmother loved butterflies. I can tell you that <laughs> every damn one of us grandchildren, every time we see a butterfly, we all say, well, hey, Gringra, I've seen three of us do it. <laughs> I don't know if Susie does it, but I've seen us do it. That's okay. Oh, I've got the stories of cardinals that have shown up. I don't know if you've ever heard all that stuff. You, you work in what I've worked in. You'll, you'll, you'll hear and you'll experience some pretty amazing stories. I don't know. I don't have answers for all this stuff. But I will tell you that loss is something that, whether we like it or not, we are going to experience it. If you've experienced a great one, it won't be the last one you do. If you've experienced an awful one, I hope it's the last awful one you have, but there will be loss in the future. I think the thing that's weighing the heaviest on my heart is that whether it's something as as as, as and I, I don't please don't send me hate mail for saying this but even if it's something as as common as losing a family pet or if it's one of the greatest losses in the world that a that a parent could have I I hope you understand that it is part of who we are and part of our nature as people, as human beings that live in a busy and fast-paced world, that loss is something that happens. And we can try to mitigate, and we can be successful in mitigating it through safety measures and other things that we do, but sometimes, sometimes it just doesn't happen. And Here's the real point of it. We try so often to make sense of it. You never will. It is the thing that I am the most sorry for. You never will. Because it is the thing in life that is random. It is the thing in life that just doesn't care. It is a thing in life that will find you one way or another. There's never a way for us to be 100% protected from the unnatural and horrible ways that we could lose someone. Now, I normally would try to put a very positive spin on this. And I guess there is kind of one here. 
If you're someone who has never experienced a great loss, you will. Congratulations. You'll join this club one day. But if you're someone who just experienced one, I've got something for you that's a little bit more positive. There's hope. There's better days. No, the, the world won't be as bright. The sky won't be as blue. The grass won't be as green. I can't imagine if you lose a child, it would be. But the day will be sunny one day. You'll, you'll go to a cool concert. You'll meet some new friends. You'll go to that amazing dinner party. You'll have that dance with your husband or your wife that you, that you remember for the rest of your life. You'll have that Christmas. You'll have that trip. Life goes on. The world keeps spinning. Oh, it doesn't make it easier. But I can tell you right now that if there's one thing that I know about loss, it's that your loved ones don't want you to lose your life because they did. I know that. Listen to it again. Your loved ones don't want you to lose your life because they did. Maybe not today. Maybe not a week from now. But sometime in the future, that's going to mean something. If you're someone that's dealing with a great amount of loss, I would ask for you to go and talk to somebody about it, whether it's a friend or whether it's a therapist. I think it's something that you do need to deal with. A lot of times if you carry something with you for a long time, it'll, it'll cause you to build up certain things in you that keep you from experiencing things that you really shouldn't. Why? Because whether we like it or not, we all only get one of these. Okay? You get one shot. Let's not miss it any more than we have to. But I will tell you one other little secret. Sometimes in your lack of processing the loss, there are memories and other things that are good that you have forgotten or that you've blocked. And it's really hard to understand that until you see it. Don't lose everything about somebody. Don't. Find a way to find some help. You know what? Nobody else will listen. Shoot me an email. I'll give you a call. I um I did not talk to the Kelly family about this. I, that's why I'm not mentioning his name. I'm not talking too much about where they live or where any arrangements will be. I, I think any services happened. Uh, but I will tell you this. I will ask you to keep them in your prayers, and and please think about them. Their family is 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 obviously going through a lot. Um, but I ask you to, to, to reach out to anybody else that you may see is, is hurting with things like this. Just help them see that there's there's something there. Again, it's it's not time. It's not time that does it. And the answer, the answer could be you. Till next week, take care. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab. But if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, 
send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. So different.